Hello, hello, and welcome to the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Mellinger, a business coach for women who want to make big impact in this world. In this podcast, we will cover the business strategy behind creating aligned, authentic, and empowering service-based businesses. We'll cover the spirituality as well, all the weird, the woo, and the mindset behind showing up as your full self. And of course, we'll discuss female empowerment and embodiment to tap into all of your beautiful magic. We all have so much power, wisdom, and magic to share, but are institutionally taught not to. This podcast is your resource, your opportunity, and your support system to show up fully as the magical creature you are and to love doing it. I'm so excited and honored to be with you today, so let's go ahead and get started. Alrighty, welcome back to this week's second episode in the Marketing Basics series. So in last week's episode, we talked about what marketing is, what it isn't, Hint, it's a lot more than you think it is. And we also dug deep into the first two layers of marketing, which are your visibility strategy, or really the numbers game of it and how people actually get eyeballs onto your business. And then the engagement strategy. And the engagement strategy is where you start to really build those relationships, build those communities, and build out that intimate connection with your clients. On today's episode, we will be covering the next two pillars of marketing. We will be digging into content strategy and, yep, you guessed it, our sales strategy. So let's go ahead and get started with content. This can be done in multiple different ways, but content strategy is really about how you are sharing information. Whether that is information that is meant to inspire, educate, call out, persuade, combination, whatever it is, your content strategy is really how you're sharing your magic with the world. So when we talk about a social media content strategy, there are really a couple of things to think of. So it's a matter of which platforms are you on, making sure that the energy and the vibe of the platform matches what your end goal is. So looking at two of the examples I've already given, LinkedIn and Facebook. LinkedIn is primarily about creating awareness, creating visibility, and connecting with some of the quote unquote more professional services. There is definitely some changes happening on that platform. I've seen more spirituality, more spiritual based businesses building up there, but it is definitely a more traditional, more corporate vibe. Whereas Facebook, on the other hand, is really right for just about any kind of entrepreneurial journey or entrepreneurial endeavor that you're on. So that can be super traditional in the sense of I've seen accounting professionals on there, bookkeeping professionals on there, and it can go all the way to the woo side of things like tarot card readers, energy workers, light workers, people who have more, uh, less tangible gifts that really impact from an energetic level. So the first piece of creating a content strategy is really ensuring that you know which platform you're on and what purpose it serves. 
Now, without getting into the super details of it, I would highly recommend that when you are starting out to only be on one, maybe two platforms at a time to really be able to spend your time cultivating the community there. With each platform, you're going to also have a visibility strategy. You're also going to have an engagement strategy. So it's not just there are really amazing applications that allow you to post to four, five, six different social media platforms, but it's not just a matter of posting, right? It's not just a matter of clicking the button and having it be done. You want to be on each platform and really creating community, creating that, that sense of know, like, and trust. So if you are starting out or you're pivoting or really at any point in your business, make sure that you're intentional which, with which platforms you're on and that you're not jumping on too many at once because you really want to understand each one. So that's the first piece of content strategy is really about making sure that you're on the right platform. I do want to also make the note here that you can have and in fact once you are fully solid and feel good about one platform at a time, right? It's a great idea to have multiple platforms that have different intentions to them. For instance, we know we've talked about already that LinkedIn is a little bit different of a feel than Instagram or than Facebook. Let's talk TikTok for a second. TikTok is a great platform right now as far as growth is concerned, the ability to reach people and get in front of a lot of people. So from a visibility perspective, from a truly just getting as many eyes as possible on your product, your service, your business, TikTok is a great source. TikTok is a great resource, a great platform to really just go out and and get seen. The, the buying capabilities, the community capabilities are still being built up. So for instance, if you were to have a TikTok and an Instagram page, you would have more eyes on your TikTok, especially this week, because Instagram seems to be having some issues with its, with its algorithms and other shit today and this whole week. But TikTok is going to be a great resource to get your eyes out in front of people, to have that more viral feel, really grow the visibility. And then you're going to push them over to your Instagram where there's more nurturing, there's more comment building, more community building. And that's where you're really going to start to heat up that market from turning it into a cold market to a warm market on TikTok into a hot market that is ready to buy from you on Instagram. That's just one example. And I'm sure that there are hot markets on TikTok where people are just buying through and through. But overall, from a very general perspective, TikTok is more about the viral visibility, whereas Instagram is going to be more about the selling, more about the established presence, right? So again, once you get really solid and have spent time, you have that community built up on one platform, you know what you're doing, you've kind of refined your processes and your strategies and you found something that works for you that also feels really good along the way, right? Then go ahead and add another platform on there and make sure that that different platform or that new platform gives you an additional benefit. 
Do you need to have two different Instagram pages? No, that doesn't make any sense, right? So let's make sure that if you have, let's say, a podcast and you're looking for another platform, is Clubhouse, which is an audio-based kind of like radio style app, is that the best platform for you? Maybe. Would you hit a different segment of people, a different part of your business in Pinterest or on Facebook or Instagram? Yes. So not saying that if you have a podcast, you can never do another audio app, but really, again, being intentional, being very strategic with the platforms that you use, why you use them, how you use them, etc. The second piece of it is knowing what kind of content you want to put out. So are you focusing on putting out content that is purely inspirational? The one caveat there is purely inspirational makes it a little bit harder for people to want to buy from you. Are you putting out purely educational where you're really drawing their attention to the limiting beliefs that they have or the things that are holding them back? Are you talking about belief shifting, which really that example goes a little bit better (laughs) with the limiting beliefs. So some of the content ideas that you can be putting out there are inspirational, transformative. So that's going to be when you're sharing your own transformations, you're sharing client transformations. There could be educational where you're informing, teaching, or educating your followers about whatever topic it is you've got going on. So for instance, this podcast episode is definitely on the informative side, on the educational side, as I am teaching you, as I am training you, as I am giving you a lot of information. And then we've also got belief shifting content. So belief shifting content is so important and something that a lot of coaches and even healers don't necessarily think to cover. So belief shifting is going to be those pieces of content that really helps people to uncover or become aware of some of the limiting beliefs holding them back and helps them then to shift it, right? We don't want to stay in the, hey, you have a shitty mindset, here's how to identify it. We then in the same post, in the same content piece, want to give them information on how to get out of that. So that's belief shifting. And really there's, there you can get more detailed as far as the types, but those are kind of your bigger categories of types of content. And then one of the other things to look at when you are creating a content strategy is going to be the frequency with which you post. Because the frequency with which you post is about consistency. We all know that the more consistent people are, the more consistent brands or companies are, the more we trust them. If I were to say that this podcast drops episodes weekly and then I dropped one a month or I dropped one every week and then took a month and a half off and then dropped another one, that would be inconsistent. So when you think about the frequency with which you want to post or share content, make sure that it's something that works for you, something that's going to allow you and help you to be consistent. 
It's not about making sure you post every day or you share something every day. It's about creating a structure that allows you and helps you to be consistent because that's really what's going to be supportive to you at the end of the day, right? So there's much more to dig into from a content perspective, but from an overall kind of idea, I hope that you've gotten the gist, really about sharing multiple different types of content and ensuring that you have an end goal in mind. The, the running theme here throughout all the different pillars of marketing is that you need to be intentional. When you create a post, what is the intention behind it? Is the intention to inspire people? Is the intention to bring them into your sphere to know, like, and trust you more? Is it to educate them, to shift their beliefs, to empower them? What is it? So when you can get clear on the intention behind the content, it allows you to be more strategic about it. Because again, just like we're not throwing pieces of spaghetti at the wall, hoping that our visibility or our engagement strategy works, we're also not doing that with our content. We're not creating content for the sake of putting something out there. Because again, our energy is not going to be aligned with it. The intention is not going to come out as clear. And it's probably not going to be a very well-received piece of content. If you are creating out of a need or a force, it's not going to have the same attraction or the same magnetism as if something that you're like, holy crap, I'm so excited to talk about this. I got to get that out there. Like that's a very different energy. And we know, right, we're very energetic beings. We know that people can feel our energy and feel our vibes and our frequencies as we go through and read things, right? So that's the overall... (laughs) Overall content is really about making sure that you are on the right platform for you, that you are showing or sharing rather different types of content with an intention behind each piece, being really strategic and intentional with what you're sharing, making sure that you know the why behind it and what you want out of it. Now, remember the what you want out of it is not necessarily, oh, I want somebody to sign with me or to book a call with me, or to do something like that, it can very much be, I want to empower the woman who thinks that she can't put a podcast together. I want to give her this belief-shifting post that's going to tell her it's okay, that's going to let her give herself permission, right? It doesn't have to be money-related. In fact, the more often it's not money-related, the more you become detached from that, the more powerful and potent it is. But you have to be clear on what the intention is. And then also making sure that the schedule and the structure, the frequency that you are posting is going to be supportive of your goals and your lifestyle. When I just started out in my business, I made sure that I posted something every single day, whether I wanted to or not. There was a lot of content at the the first few months of my business that was forced. That was me thinking, holy shit, I got to get something out and just slapping something on there that did not resonate, that didn't feel good, that you can go back in my old posts if you scrolled down enough on Instagram and see like, oh, 
she was not feeling that. That's something that like doesn't fit in with what she's been talking about. It it looks haphazard, right? Like there's not the same level of attention to detail. There's not the same energetic push behind it. Whereas now, yeah, I, I try and post three times a week. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but I, I make up for it in other ways, right? There's also this component, anytime that you're talking about business, whether it's marketing or otherwise, of giving yourself grace. If you don't force yourself to post every single day, it gives you more of an opportunity to have grace with yourself, to be gentle with yourself and realize best laid plans don't always happen, right? Best laid plans of mice and men don't always happen. And also just a note, giving yourself grace is not just when you know you you don't get to posting three times a week or something like that. This idea of grace, and I'll, I'll talk about this on a separate episode because this is such an important topic, but this idea of giving yourself grace, this idea of giving yourself a fucking break when shit happens is critical throughout life as a whole, right? Life as a human being on earth, but especially in business because as entrepreneurs, so much of our lives are tied up in our business. Whether we are detached from the outcome or not, it doesn't matter. But when you are when you are responsible for the amount of money that comes in, and it's not, you know, you go clock in at an office, put in 8 hours, put in FaceTime and you get a paycheck no matter what. It's a different level of responsibility. It is a different level of integration with the rest of your life. So when I talk about giving yourself grace, yes, I 100% mean when it comes to, you know, the type of the frequency that you're posting, you know, when it comes to the frequency of what you're sharing, how, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It is also completely necessary throughout your entire journey as a human fucking being that you have to give yourself you have to give yourself a break you have to because if you don't you're going to wear yourself out much more quickly than otherwise not saying that this is the only thing that's going to save you from burnout it's not but If you can remember at the end of the day, one, you're human, right? Mostly, maybe not, but one, you're human. And two, this is new, especially if you've only been in business a couple of months or a couple of years, right? This is still a new skill set for you. And even if you're somebody who's, this is entrepreneur business number five and you've been successfully making money for seven years in it, you're still going to have an off day. Something is still going to work its way under your skin that you can't get that email written, can't get that post out, can't do the whatever the fuck you're thinking you need to get done. And it's okay. And it's okay. So quick little rant in the middle of this training episode, but give yourself grace for your own benefit, for your own sanity, and for the love of yourself, give yourself a break. So 
Now we've got our fourth pillar of marketing, and this is sales. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, but marketing is sales. Nope. We've already covered that marketing is much more robust than many of us think. And the last big pillar of it is a specific, intentional, and strategic sales strategy. So we've talked about visibility. We've talked about engagement. We've talked about content. All of that is needed to get our businesses and ourselves in front of more people to create that no like, and trust factor, and to share the magic and the wisdom that we have. However, it is not enough to share the wisdom that we have to make people aware that we exist. We also have to tell them, hey, we're a business. Hey, this is what we offer. Hey, this is how you can work with me. This is how you can pay me. We actually have to tell them, hey, this is what you can do. This is how we can work together, right? So we have to make sure that we're intentional with our sales strategy as well. So when you think of sales, there are a few different things to think of here. There is going to be direct and indirect sales, and there are going to be direct and indirect calls to action. Those are the two biggest pieces. Now, there's a lot from a mindset perspective of how to get into sales, how to be authentic when selling, how to approach it again from a place of service and not from a place of give me all the money, right? But from a general overview of a sales strategy, the two biggest things to think about are going to be the direct versus indirect sales and the direct and indirect calls to action. So let's break it down from an indirect versus direct sales. A direct sale or a direct sharing of a sales strategy would be, hey guys, I'm offering three one-on-one coaching calls for next week. This is the price point. Here's the link. Here's who it's for. Here's the program promise or the tagline or the whatever. Um, Book with me. You directly, explicitly, right? I guess that's a better word to say. Not necessarily direct versus indirect, but an implicit versus explicit sales strategy. Explicit sales strategies are going to be explicitly stating, sharing, whether it is a verbal, you going live on your stories or sharing a reel or going live in general on social media, saying, hey guys, these are the ways that I have that you can work with me and detailing out what they are. An implicit sales strategy is when you don't necessarily say, here are all the ways to work with me, but you share the transformations that are possible. So some of the ways that you can implicitly sell is by sharing testimonials, by sharing transformations from current clients, from sharing what your life looks like and how your business or your services has helped you to create that. So something that I do is I will share, you know, like a picture, let's say a picture of me sitting outside with my dogs, relaxing in the middle of a Wednesday. An implicit sales strategy would be sharing that to my Instagram stories with a caption that says, enjoying my best life, 
so grateful that I've built the time and flexibility into my schedule in order to sunbathe outside with my dogs on any given day, right? Doesn't necessarily call out that there are different ways to work with me, but it shows the transformation that has occurred, right? It's an implied transformation that my previous life did not allow me to have you know, an hour break in the middle of the afternoon to go sit outside and not be attached to my phone. And it's also showing you that because of the business that I have, this is what's possible, that I've used my business to help me achieve this goal. An explicit sales strategy with that same example would be, again, sharing that picture of me outside with my dogs in the middle of the afternoon with a caption saying, Super excited that I get to hang out this afternoon. Here are three ways that I can support you to have this lifestyle as well. And then give out all the details on the three ways to work with me. So that's a, that's a really simple explanation of implicit versus explicit sales strategy. And then the last piece of it is your call to action strategy. So your call to actions are going to be those statements where you are telling the listener, the reader, the participant what to do. You are explicitly telling them, hey, go book a call with me. Go to the link in my bio and book this call. Or send me a DM and we'll set up a conversation. Those are calls to action. And those can look like a couple of different things. Those can be captioned posts, right? That can be the last couple of sentences in a static post on social media. There are buttons on your emails or on your websites to click here. They are often even sticker polls, stickers, interactive elements on social media. Those are still calls to action. So when you put something on your stories with a little slider of like, hey, who else is having a great day here? That is an implied call to action. And I say implied because yes, you're saying, you're asking the question of who here is having a great day. But you're not necessarily saying, hey guys, if you have a great day, slide this sticker all the way to the right. It's an implied, softer form of a call to action. So you may be thinking, okay, I get the call to action. What piece, what strategy piece is there? And the piece is the frequency and the type of call to action. So you don't have to have a strong call to action on every piece of content that you put out there. And when I say strong call to action, I mean something that is literally saying, book this call with me, sign up for this service, join this group program, DM me this, right? When you're explicitly telling them exactly what you want them to do. You can have softer calls to action. Drop a blank emoji below if this has ever happened to you. Share with us your story below. Tell us one technique that you use to practice mindfulness in the comments. Those are still calls to action, but they're calls in order to create community, in order to create that engagement, and not necessarily to sell something. Yes, we know that as you are building out those relationships, as you are moving along your engagement strategy with the inbound and the outbound engagement, that is part of the conversation, right? That's part of you getting to know your audience, getting to build those relationships. 
But you're not then, (laughs) you're not going to go and send a DM to every single person who messages you and start pitching yourself, right? So it is a call to action, but it's a call to action for community, for engagement. It's not a hard call to action of, hey, book this thing with me. Hey, sign up for this program. So other than having a variety of calls to action, right, hard versus softer, you also want to change up some of the frequency. So when we talk about the different platforms that you're on, obviously you're not going to change the calls to action on your website very often, right? The buttons that you have on there saying sign up for this freebie or this lead magnet are probably not going to change all that often unless you're trying out a couple different freebies or lead magnets, right? Whereas on your social media, where you are interacting more often, more frequently, you want to switch it up a little bit more, whether that is between hard and soft calls to action, or if that's between a a funny one of like, hey, if this sounds like you, send me a DM for a pressure-free conversation, Or if you're calling someone out and you're like, hey, if this conversation is making you blush, you definitely need help here. Send me a DM and let's get started. It's changing it up while still staying in your brand voice and your tone, but changing it up so it's not a copy and paste. So there you have it. From a sales strategy perspective, ignoring mindset for a second, we have implicit and explicit sales strategies, and we also have different types and frequencies of calls to action. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the mindset that goes into sales. Sales is one of those things that, just like marketing in general, we don't typically have a true idea of what it is. And for anyone who's anything remotely like I am, definitely had a um, not-so-great view of marketing in business, right? I was definitely one of those econ kids who like looked down on marketing kids, thinking that it was much easier. As an entrepreneur who does a lot on marketing, I want to go ahead and send out a uh, an apology to all of those kids that I look down upon and just like hang my head in shame because there's so much that goes into marketing. There's so much from a psychology perspective, from an economics perspective, from from everything, right? There's so much more behind sales. So Switching into the entrepreneur space, as service providers, we typically have, uh, actually, you know what, I'm not going to say typically, we can oftentimes have a negative connotation of sales because we think, but we're service providers, but we're doing this to be of service, we're doing this to provide value, to impact the world, to lift the collective, fill in the blank with your spiritual saying of choice, I shouldn't get paid big money, right? There's a whole slew of mindset and limiting beliefs and fears that go into making a sale. And not only making a sale, but actually saying, hey guys, pay me good money for this service that I'm providing to you. So first and foremost, 
Yes, the strategy is important. The theory that we talked about last week on the episode, the theory that we talked about this week on the episode, it is all critical. But it means nothing if you don't have your limiting beliefs in check, if you don't have the confidence in check, if you don't have the rest of it in check, right? So I'm <laughs> I'm going to leave you guys hanging for another week. We are hitting the 30-minute mark, and I know that when I start to talk about the limiting beliefs and the fears holding you back from selling, it really leads into the fifth pillar of marketing, which is your overall confidence, which is a whole big topic. So, yep, totally going to like cliffhanger you on this episode as well. We are going to talk about the fears, the limiting beliefs, and the confidence that you need to truly show up as yourself. Again, we can create these beautiful strategies that feel aligned, that work with our goals, that are going to support us. But if we don't have the confidence to actually implement them, then it doesn't matter. Then it's a waste of time. Then it's a really beautiful document that just sits on your computer and doesn't get utilized, which is like the true definition of a waste of fucking time, right? So with that being said, today we talked about the third and fourth pillars of marketing, which are content and sales strategy. I hope that you learned something new, that it challenged your perspectives on things, and that you're going to go and enact some of the tips and tricks that I told you about. As always, if you've got any feedback, leave a review. Let me know what you think. Share this with your friends. Uh, Really, anybody. I don't even care if you like them. Just share this podcast with everybody in your circles. And we will be back next week to talk about the fifth and final, and in my opinion, the most important pillar of marketing, which is all about confidence. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you loved what you heard. If you did, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review. This helps me make sure that the great bits keep coming your way. If we aren't already connected on social media, come join my community on Instagram at Chrissy Mellinger, all one word, or visit my website at chrissymellinger.com. On my website, you can sign up for some fun freebies, trainings, and my email list. I can't wait to connect with you on socials, my email list where there's so many surprise goodies, and the next Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship podcast episode. In the meantime, go be your amazing self, sunshine. You've got this.